Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Joseph Maticic, Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia, and I'll be your host for the program today. So welcome along wherever you may be joining us. Our text line number here on Drive Time is 4 888 I'll give you that number again because we'd love to hear from you wherever you might be listening. If you've got any comments or any questions, love to hear from you. 4 Our topic this week on Drive Time is the church and creation in a post-biblical era. And our specific question today is, could God have created the world by using evolution? Joining me today is Pastor Gary Hodgkin. Now, Gary, you need little introduction on faith. How are you going? (laughs) I'm going well. You really need little introduction on Faith FM because you are a regular host and actually the coordinator for the Drive Time Show. Yeah, I love it. It's a, it's a wonderful, uh, uh, role to be able to, to be able to have, you know, to be, you know, I suppose producer or whatever you, whatever you want to actually, actually call me. Uh, but then also to be able to host it two days a week. Uh, to me, I find, uh, absolutely wonderful. In fact, that's one of the highlights of my, my ministry. Really enjoy, uh, coming onto radio. And, and that actually comes across. We, we get a real sense of your, your enthusiasm about it, Gary. And that, yeah. that, that's really great. So Drive Time, t- tell us a little bit then about drive time how long has drive time been going well look i think we were one of the uh, one, one of the first of the many options that are actually on on faith uh, faith fm and uh, we've been going now for uh, just on uh, to just just over 2 years we actually started uh, just as covid broke you know okay. uh, every, every, huh. all the churches were actually closing down uh, and uh, we were uh, asked to, uh, to to commence a, a drive Lifetime uh, program. Now, of course, uh, for, um, uh, for for doing that, um, we would normally have required some training. Um, but of course, the, our good guys from Melbourne they couldn't get across to uh, to help us out. They couldn't even, t- you know. So we had to had to sit down and nut the whole thing out ourselves. And that probably shows certainly in our early uh, programs, particularly. And uh, uh, so, yeah, just as COVID broke, uh, we started uh, drive time. Uh, at that time, I was doing it every. Day, but uh, I very quickly uh, determined that hey, since I was also a church pastor, we really needed a team around us. Yes, yes. and uh, since that time, we've actually been able to, and I've been trying to concentrate on building uh, that team. And we've got about now about twelve uh, speakers wow. uh, who are able to come on and uh, at, at different times because you know people get sick, people go on holidays, yep. people take leave, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. people go overseas. You know, yes, it, it, it's yes. just so many. Uh, <laughs> Different uh, different reasons. People have children, Fabiano, <laughs> and uh, you know they've got to have have time off. So uh, we have altogether about uh, about a dozen people now that are part of the Faith FM team, and uh, it is really really wonderful. You know, to me, uh, the competency level is is certainly going up and up and up, and uh, uh, I I certainly appreciate mm. being able to to speak on uh, Faith FM. You know, two two days a week. Yeah, and it's great to have that team and we're based here
here in Adelaide, of course, but uh, delighted that we're able to broadcast across the whole Faith FM network all over all over the country. And um, Gary, drive time now. What's kind of what's the main intent of the show? Um, yeah, well, look, Joseph, that, that's a really good one. In fact, uh, initially, it took a little while for me to get my head around this because I actually had a number of different uh, uh, people uh, certainly throwing various options at us. But mm-hmm. the one thing that seemed to keep on coming through time and time again was, look, what we want to do is uh, we don't want to replicate what you can get on commercial radio. No. You know, if you want uh, to listen to, to commercial radio, well, I mean, and there's some. Some very good commercial radio out there, and uh, you can certainly uh, pick up uh, pick up those those sites with no no problem. We're a low power yep. uh, FM station now. Of course, that means that uh, that's disadvantages with that in that you know in a city like Adelaide, it, uh, it does require quite a number of aerials to be able to cover the entire area. But yes. within Australia, you've actually got a host of uh, of small towns. You know, they're yep. they're out there by the multitude. You know, I think. Of towns where I've I've ministered, mm-hmm, where you know mm-hmm. um, uh, five, six, maybe ten thousand people, um, a, a low power antenna is quite enough to cover that particular town. Right. Which means that what we realised is that we're actually able to get uh, to small towns that a lot of the larger um, organisations actually find it fairly difficult to get to, uh, simply because they're so powerful that mm. they concentrate on the major uh, major areas. Uh, so. Um, um, we uh, we realise that we've got a, a you know a, a unique ministry here, and that's mm. the thing that which we've concentrated on. I think right now, I think Faith FM has about uh, two hundred and thirty uh, or thereabouts um, uh, licences right, right around Australia. Which means now every afternoon when we're speaking on Drive Time, uh, we're actually on to about two hundred and thirty different uh, different licences, mm. and, and that's a, that's a huge a huge number. And we want to say hello. It's wonderful to have people. You know, I know I've got mates up in. Queensland. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm a New South Welshman myself. I grew up in Sydney. Um, you know, I know we've got people in Melbourne that listen to us. I know in the in the outback we have people listening to us. It's and that is really uh, really a tremendous uh, thing to be to be part of. But the the, the core issue uh, to me for, for drive time is that we want to have a station that uh, is not afraid to talk scripture. Okay. It's not afraid to talk the uh, you know what does the Bible actually say. You know, does this actually make sense? You know, uh, because to me, uh, there is so much in the scriptures. Certainly, as I talk to people today, particularly uh, a lot of young people, uh, maybe they haven't had a religious background. You know, mm. they're asking questions to which there are actually some very, very good answers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just that simply uh, they're not aware of it. Now, I know, you know, people will say, hey, look, you know, they're probably not going to listen to Faith FM anyway. And I, I, I get that. I mean, um, that's certainly, certainly the case. Uh, but I'm really conscious that it's, equally important to equip uh, mums, dads, grandpa, granddad with the answers that ah. they might be able to provide uh, to uh, to their own, you know, grandchildren, to their, you know, to their own family, to those that, you know, I mean, I'm running a course at the present time and I, I know I'm taking your, your time here. <laughs> I'm um, uh, I'm running a, uh, a course uh, uh, every Monday evening over at my Brighton church and uh, it's wonderful to have a, a small group. We've got about uh, 
30 people come every mm. every single Monday night. Good. Uh, but of that, uh, we've got uh, about half a dozen young people, apprentices, uh, university students mm. who are coming because uh, they want to see the biblical answers to some of the big questions in life. And uh, that's the that's the thing which we're trying to cover. I mean, Drive Time has, I think it's about 280 programs every single year. So, you know, some people have said, hey, you know, you've talked about that subject before. Well, yeah, well, uh, actually, on one or two occasions, we have done exactly that. Yeah. Uh, but it's simply, uh, we have got so many programs. Uh, and these questions are questions that, uh, that are continually uh, coming up. And uh, we do want to provide, hopefully, quality responses to them. And what I really appreciate is that whilst we're wanting to really look at what the Bible does say, we're we're not just focused on looking at the the text as as in back then necessarily, but really how does it apply to us today? And, you know, people are asking these questions. How is it relevant? How how is it connecting uh, with my current society? And we're not afraid to actually uh, tackle some Difficult questions. And that's the thing I appreciate about Faith FM generally, actually. It's not just the drive time show that does this, you know. I mean, yep. to me, I, point. I, I, I've certainly had the, uh, I mean, I, I, I actually have Faith FM on, uh, when I'm driving around in my, in my car, uh, cause I like to keep up with what other people are saying, you know. I really appreciate, you know, I mean, what, you know, m- my mate Robbie Bergen yep. is, is saying, you know, he is really saying some mm. good stuff. I was listening the other day to, uh, Aussie Pastor there, uh, you know, yes. my mate Lloyd, you know, I was Lloyd's pastor one of the, well, many many years ago, when <laughs> Lloyd was in the uh, in the building industry, okay. uh, I was uh, uh, I was actually his uh, his church pastor in uh, in those days. Really, that, uh, that goes back a long long way. I don't know if my mate Lloyd's listening to us for, uh, right now, but uh, uh, yes, I know a number. Of, and, and look, what they're presenting is excellent material. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, Gary, um, normally you're the host. You, you, uh, we, we've said that. Yeah. What's happened today? Um, we, we've swapped seats. Um, why, have, why have we swapped places today? Well, it could be because I've got slack, but I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to come in early. But, uh, yeah, no, look, um, um, uh, Joseph, to me, um, the subject that we're talking about today is one that I'm actually incredibly passionate about. Yes. Uh, it's an issue that, uh, to me, I believe needs to be discussed and addressed. You know, uh, I'm going to share with you some, uh, some information about... Uh, where uh, many of the Christian churches are actually at on this particular issue. And the thing that frightens me are the number of uh, Christian churches that have adopted uh, the evolutionary worldview. And uh, Mm. so many of them don't understand where that is actually leading and what that does do uh, to the overall Christian theology. Mm. And uh, uh, this this issue is something that uh, uh, certainly I've spoken on on a a number of occasions, certainly to, to young people. People as well as as well as others, um, and uh, when you understand uh, the the issues that this raises for Christian theology, uh, you realise that you actually cannot be an evolutionist and a biblical Christian. They are okay. mutually exclusive in terms. And, uh, you know, I, I, mm. I, I, I want to talk about that this mm-hmm. afternoon mm-hmm. because this is really, really key uh, to understanding the Scriptures. Mm. Oh, good. Well, we're really looking forward to it. We'll get to that shortly, Gary. Sure. Uh, I wanted to uh, share with you something, Gary, that, that I, I, 
I read uh, not that long ago um, in our newspapers here in uh, in South Australia. It's a it's it's a report about uh, one of our universities in the area here, Flinders University, which uh, the newspaper report says came under fire for an online list of derogatory terms that says referring to people as husband and wife is considered inappropriate. Mm. Instead, the university's guidelines suggested using the term partner. Now, it goes on here and says that they also said referring to people as lesbian or a gay man was acceptable, but the words dyke and pufta should not be used. Uh, Flinders has removed the harassment and discrimination guidelines from its website after a transgender student complained about them um, recently. And uh, and so then the university, it says here, apologised for the guidelines, describing them as outdated, mm-hmm. uh, outdated content from an earlier earlier version of it of its website. Like Gary, what what's what what you know what's going on here? I mean, um, it, it, it's saying that essentially terms husband and wife are now outdated. Um, and you know, it goes on and comments here in the article that the, the university. Uh, said that they're taking immediate action to remove those guidelines they, and they're going to engage with students and the wider community uh, to review the content. Equality, mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion, it says here, are fundamental values. Diversity, yeah. Yeah. sorry, yeah. equality, diversity and inclusion. Now, haven't we heard those terms before? Look, Joseph, look, this... This frustrates me. I, I, I am totally frustrated with this uh, this whole uh, uh, process that mm. that seems to be occurring. Uh, do you know there is a politically correct a trend in society, which I look at and I I say, hey, this is nothing more than nonsense. Now, let me just say a few things before I before I come into into this issue um, yep. properly. Look, um, the article does uh, does make, and I think it makes a worthwhile um, uh, point about you know there are some offensive terms that we need to cut out yeah. of our language. Now, um, you know, it talks about dyke and poofter. Now, of course, I can well remember going to high school way back there in the nineteen seventies, yep. and uh, one of the derogatory terms we certainly used in the playground was poofter. Um, now, often the person wasn't particularly a poofter. No. Um, but um, uh, that was a derogatory term that we used. Um, do we need to cut those terms out of our vocabulary? Yes, we do. Right. You know, I yep. think that's really, really important that, you know, I mean, we don't want to denigrate anybody. No. You know, that's, that's really, really important, I think, for us to understand. But, you know, to me... It, there's a logical breakdown here. Mm. Um, uh, th- there's a breakdown in the whole logical um, process here. I mean, for example, you know, the, the article talks about, you know, the terms gay and lesbian are acceptable, but husband and wife are not. Now, that means, logically, mm. that a people can be identified as a partner or gay or lesbian. Now, uh, to me... Um, why, why is it that a gay and lesbian person can identify uh, themselves in their terms, mm. but uh, those who come from a, uh, th- those who have got a more traditional understanding are uh, challenged when they present themselves as husband 
and wife. Yes. Um, to me, there's a huge logical breakdown here. You know, biblically, you know, Joseph, I think that even for, for us as Christians, uh, you know, and I'm talking biblical Christians here, you know, to me there is actually a huge difference between uh, people who simply put up the flag and say, hey, look, you know, I'm a Christian, mm. and people who say, hey, look, you know, I want to follow the word of God. Mm. Uh, you know, if I go way back to the uh, uh, to the book of Genesis, what we find is that uh, the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper for him, comparable to him. Mm. And, you know, to me that's a very beautiful uh, verse there because mm. uh, what it's actually saying is that God at the very beginning created a woman who was comparable to. Now, I love that term mm. because comparable to means equal to, mm. male and female. He's created two individuals. They're separate and yet they're one. Yes. You know, in marriage, the husband and wife according to the book of Genesis, are seen by God as one. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've actually said to some of my, in fact, when I do pre-marriage counselling with uh, with young people, I say, look, you know, and I take them through this passage and I say, hey, look, you know, uh, way back at the very beginning, uh, what we have is a very beautiful picture mm. being drawn here. Uh, we have a picture of a male and a female. And yet, according to the book of Genesis, the two are seen as one. Now, and I say to them, I say, hey, look, you know, um, in what way are you two going to become one? And they struggle about that. You know, I mean, what does that actually mean? You know, mm. there's myself and my wife. I'm here in the studio. My wife's at, uh, at home at the, at the present time or out shopping or wherever she, she is at the, at the present time. And yet the scriptures regard us as one and yeah. I, I actually challenge at young people, and I say, "Hey, uh, you are you become one when you are married, yeah. and yet uh, you are, if you like, diverse. You are being created differently." Yeah. Do you know, Joseph? One of the most beautiful things to me is that uh, within um, the way God set up uh, the family, we need each other. Yeah. Um, male needs female. Yeah. Female needs male. And it's when they come together, and I'm not talking sexually here, it's when they come together in marriage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that they are regarded by God as one. Now, to me, that's a, uh, this is a concept that we haven't fully got the, got the, to, to grips with. Um, and yet, uh, you know, I, I look at it, uh, and I, I just simply say, hey, um, uh, you know, two people, uh, two different roles, and yet they're united together. They're united together with a common purpose. They're able to, they're able to, Male and female brings different things yeah. to a marriage, to a relationship. Yeah. Um, our young people, our children, deserve to see those differences uh, in our relationships. Mm. Yeah, yep. And so that's that. That is. And I think it's a really, really good point you raised there. And um, look, Gary, we, you know, we, we've, um, uh, we love to hear from our listeners as well. And um, 
we've um, <laughs> we've got a response here that's just come through um, asking us why don't we do a proper Bible study instead of social issues? Well, um, we uh, that, that's one of the main purposes actually of of Drive Time, isn't it? We we we, we delve into the Bible and um, we want to show how the Bible actually intersects with with intersects with current issues, doesn't and, it? And that's I think the really important issue here um, uh, is the issue of relevance. Yes. You know, to me, uh, it's so important that what we have is uh, the Word of God gives us um, the the foundation, but when it's made relevant to the day and the age in which we are living, yes. it becomes, to me, living and powerful. And, and, you know, I know that, you know, in my preaching, one of the things I'm continually trying to do today is to uh, take the Word of God and say, okay, what is the Word of God actually saying to mm. me in my workplace yeah. today? What are the principles? What are the, what's the law of God saying to me in my workplace today? You know, if I don't make it relevant, I think I have actually failed as yeah. a pastor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, very, very good point. Look, Gary, let's, let's take a quick break, um, and we'll, we come straight back and we're going to plunge into, uh, our question for today. Um, the good God have created the world by using evolution and really look forward to what you're going to have to share for us there. But let's just enjoy a little bit of music here. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time.
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Joseph Matichic and Gary Hodgkin. We have a free offer on today's show. It's a great book titled Creation and Evolution, A Thoughtful Look at the Evidence. If you'd like to get this offer, text the code, which this week is SA48, to our number here on 04888-80811. And the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So text the code SA48, that's the letters SA and the number 48, no space. Text that to 04 888 Well, Gary, uh, this is a topic this week that we're looking at, the church and creation in a post-biblical era. In particular today, could God have created the world using evolution? At the at the top of the show, we, we mentioned, Gary, that this is something that you were passionate about, and this is the whole reason, actually, that um, you, uh, you know, swap seats, because this is something that you, I know you've done a lot of research in, you've spoken quite a bit about. Why is this such an important question, and you know, what's what's the whole issue here? Could God have created the world using evolution? Yeah, Joseph, look, this question is not so much being asked, but it is one of the underlying foundational issues that is impacting so many churches. You know, one of the things that really jumped out at me was uh, just a number of years ago, and this was what actually sent me on uh, on this particular journey that I that I went on, because I've certainly been on a little bit of a journey on this particular uh, subject. Um, I, I was reading a, uh, a, a journal that I uh, did, uh, well, I still do uh, receive, called the Interfaith Observer. Now, I find it a, a remarkable little, uh, little journal, because it talks about what's happening uh, in Different uh, different faiths. Now, um, one of the uh, articles at that uh, that time that uh, came came to me was uh, an article that was entitled "Celebrating Darwin: Religion and Science Are Closer Than You Think." Mm. Um, now, wow. it, it sort of um, grabbed me, and mm. I thought, "Hey, you know, this is one of those articles, you know, that you you know, it's like when you're standing in the newsagent, you know, you go through the uh, uh, the various magazines, and there's an article there, you know, that's the one." That you'll you'll buy on this particular occasion. Yeah. Well, certainly on this uh, on this occasion, this uh, article jumped out at me, just like those articles at the the news agent when you when you're having a look at uh, you know magazines that you might want to buy. And um, uh, this is how it started off. Now, j- just listen to this. He really looked uneasy. Uh, I just finished giving my first lecture of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology's freshman astronomy course, but this one student stayed behind in my classroom. He nervously explained that although he liked the subject, he worried that my teaching conflicted with his religion. I asked him what his religion was. And when I told him, he happened, the lecturer happened to be aware on this occasion, that it had officially declared there to be no conflict with Big Bang cosmology, then something happened. His anxiety just melted away right in front of my eyes. Mm. Poof! That gave me the idea, uh, said the article, to start the Massachusetts Institute of Technology's survey on science, religion and origins. 
Now, this, uh, I, I laid a track down, uh, this particular survey and, and the results. Mm. Uh, now, um, now this survey, uh, what it did, what didn't actually, uh, come and interview people, but rather what it did was went onto the websites of all the, uh, uh, best known churches around the, around the world and just looked for their official positions on, uh, creation or evolution. Okay. Um, so it was actually, it wasn't a, it wasn't a difficult, uh, research project to do. I've actually got a copy of that at home and you can still get it uh, on uh, online. It's a it's a profound um, uh, survey. Now, some of the things that um, that uh, I read in the results of that particular survey just really floored me because it saved me from doing so much uh, homework. I mean, to actually go and do the research, uh, talking about, uh, looking at uh, what do churches believe on this position could take hours and hours and hours time. Here it was compiled, yeah. uh, all in uh, one one hmm. research uh, project. And, uh, um, you know, this is uh, this is the sort of thing that's quoted in this uh, this research. It quotes uh, one particular, a major, a major church. This is a United States-based uh, based church. Uh, um, and in its official statement of beliefs, it says, uh, neither scripture nor our confession of faith nor our catechisms teach that the Bible, uh, teach, teach uh, that creation, the, the creation of man by the direct and immediate acts of God, uh, so as to exclude the possibility of evolution as a scientific theory. Now, what's that saying? It's saying, well, uh, yes, um, uh, all our documents, um, um, we don't exclude uh, evolution mm. as a as a theory. Mm. Uh, we conclude, same church, we conclude that the true relation between evolutionary theory and the Bible is that of non-contradiction and that the Bible and that the positions stated by the General Assemblies of 1886, 1888, 1889 and 1924 was in error and no longer represents the mind of the church. Now, of course, if you go back to those particular uh, uh, statements, those statements are, of course, this church uh, defending the biblical creation position. Right. right um, yeah. mine, and when I read this, I thought, wow, I mean, this is in the official statements uh, of, uh, of those churches. Uh, another, uh, another church, um, um, uh, this particular church, has repeatedly affirmed that there is no conflict between the scientific account of the origins of the world uh, and man, and the account uh, given by scriptures. In other words, there is no, uh, there is no conflict between, uh, between evolutionary belief and biblical creation. Now, hang on a moment. How do they bring the two together? Well, they actually bring the two together by a thing that technically is called theistic evolution. Now, uh, theistic evolution basically means that uh, God started the process of evolution. There are a couple of different forms of theistic evolution, but mm. uh, this uh, this main one uh, teaches that, uh, that uh, God started the process of evolution um, but that, uh, um, yeah, that's how he created the world. Uh, creation occurred through evolution. Um, another uh, main, mainline church uh, says this in their official statements. When discussing the Bible's authority in matters pertaining to science, um, uh, our catechism of, uh, says this. Uh, the Bible, including Genesis, is not divinely dictated, a scientific textbook. We discover scientific knowledge about God's universe in nature mm. and not from Scripture. Mm. We discover origins from science, not from Scripture. And not divinely 
dictator or something it said there. Wow, that's, that's, this is this is rather staggering. Oh, yeah. look, uh, Joseph. When I started to read, uh, and it wasn't a difficult document to read. Yeah. Um, read church after church after church in their official statements are saying, "Hey, we don't have a problem." with uh, a belief that, yes, God is there, mm. but that God created the world through the process of evolution. You know, when I first uh, uh, first heard that, I was absolutely horrified. Yeah, because, you know, the church, Christianity, you know, once generally was... was would um, only have uh, taught and expressed and conveyed the, the the biblical creation account and 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 maintained that. So, but what you're pointing out here now, Gary, is church after church after church is is not questioning uh, whether whether it's evolution. They're actually including it in their. Uh, they, they have modified it into a, a, a traditionally traditional evolution is atheistic evolution. Of course, atheistic evolution simply says there is no God. Right. Uh, therefore, because there is no God, then things evolve from a blob to what we have today over billions of years. Yep. Um, but what we have with the uh, with uh, theistic evolution is we say, no, no, no. at the very beginning there, uh, God certainly um, did um, start the process of, okay. but after then, you know, it, God just allowed the process of evolution to uh, to take over and as I you know, look let me just um, uh, let me read this was published in the Sydney Morning Herald now okay this is um, this is a, a couple of years ago uh, but uh, uh, but this was uh, the title was evolution is real but God is uh, no wizard says Pope Francis mm. um, uh, when we read about uh, creation in Genesis we run the risk of imagining God was a magician with a magic wand able to do everything but that is not so Francis said mm. he created human beings and let them develop according to the internal laws that uh, he gave to each one so they would reach their fulfillment um, God is not a divine being or a magician but the creator who brought everything into life now this is you know we're, what we're doing is playing with words here, mm. you know, and, and and to me, as I look at this, I'm sort of saying, hey, you know, um, okay, look, I'm conscious of our of our time, and look, um, when I when I do share I share on this, I I actually share quite a number of statements, um, and it's from official statements um, that are in uh, the publicised websites yes. uh, of uh, uh, of churches. And uh, uh, to me, Joseph, I think it, it's so important that we think through uh, these, uh, these issues. And, uh, you know, why do I dispute them so vigorously? Mm. Because mm. Uh, I, I believe that this is taking Christianity down a path that is positively dangerous. And and that's what we really need to get at because um, you know, people might be thinking out there, Gary, well, Okay, I, I don't I don't see what the real issue is in 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 um, holding to the idea that in the beginning was God that that's biblical uh, in the beginning was God and um, and the fact that he is allowed to use 
that he has used um, and allowed natural processes, um, long eons, evolutionary uh, processes. Okay. People well, might be thinking, well, what's, what, what, what's, what's the big deal? Okay, and that's really important that we actually come to that. And I just want to present to you maybe four or five reasons why, to yeah. me, I find a major issue with those uh, with that particular conclusion because it is one that is so many people do have yeah. uh, have out there. Now, uh, firstly, um, the thing that I, I've pointed out to so many, particularly young people, that the the, the scriptural worldview must be reinterpreted inconsistently. Now, let me explain what I actually mean by this. Um, some time ago, I was uh, I was at a uh, at a conference. It was actually an apologetics. Now, apologetics is the defence of the Christian faith. I was at a. It wasn't run by my particular church. Uh, the presenter was was absolutely brilliant, and he presented uh, on uh, particularly uh, on the subject of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It mm-hmm. was powerful stuff. It was powerful stuff. And um, uh, the next lecture, I was really looking forward to it because. Uh, he was going to speak on creation. Now, um, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he talked how about the the supernatural uh, reality of the uh, of the resurrection of Christ, and how uh, hey Christ came forth from the tomb, how he was dead, how the evidence certainly points, and it does point to him mm. coming forth from the from the tomb. Um, but um, when we got to the subject of uh, of creation, uh, the next uh, the next program he presented on. Basically, he presented a position that was theistic evolution, uh, the belief that God started the process of evolution. Mm. Mm. Now, to me, this was totally confusing, Mm. really confusing, because uh, um, uh, to me, this did not make any sense at all. Now... I actually, um, I didn't ask any questions. One or two did. I, I didn't ask any questions, but I waited until the, the drinks break. And at the drinks break, I, I had opportunity to go and, you know, we chatted uh, to him and I, I told him how much I really appreciated his presentation on the, uh, uh, on the resurrection. Mm. It, was, it was a fantastic presentation, but I, I suggested to him, I said, how reasonable is it though, um, to dismiss a supernatural creation, but maintain belief in a supernatural resurrection. You see, he also believed in things like the um, belief in a a virgin birth. Mm -hmm, I I had established that. You know, he believed in the resurrection, uh, predictive prophecy. uh, You know, I, I said to him, I said, is it reasonable to be able to say that a supernatural virgin birth is possible? A supernatural resurrection is possible. Miracles are possible. Mm. A, a you know predictive prophecy is possible, but creation is not. I said, look, surely once you've got a supernatural God, um, th- these all come as a package. Th- that's right. That's right. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I, I shared this with him, and uh, he didn't feel that there was any inconsistency. But, you know, hey, to me that, you know, in the end I thought, well, you know, to me there was inconsistency and yeah. that's we've got to leave for our listeners to, you know, conclude as to whether they see any con- any inconsistency in, uh, in that particular view. But the point I'd make out here is that the scriptural worldview has to be interpreted inconsistently. In other words, if you're going to throw out the supernatural for creation... Yep then you'd better throw it out as well 
for the virgin birth, for the resurrection, for the miracles, for predictive prophecy. And the moment you throw it out for that, guess what you've done away with? Well, you've actually done away with the very fundamentals of Christianity. You have thrown all of Christianity right out the door. And, my friends, you may as well do what uh, Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14. Uh, You may as well pack up and go home uh, because uh, the resurrection no longer occurs and uh, you are wasting your time. Mm. Um, So it's a real case of um, being this view that you can have um, theistic evolution is being very inconsistent, uh, very inconsistent approach to to interpreting scripture. It's being incredibly inconsistently applied. Yeah, um, you know, we're saying, hey, you, we, we're going to apply this here at um, uh, for creation, but we're not going to apply it when it comes to the virgin birth. Mm. Uh, we're not going to apply it when it, and I mean. I have challenged people who have uh, accepted this particular view, and I've said, "Hey, you know, do you also do you still believe in predictive prophecy? Do you believe in the virgin birth? Do yeah. you believe in the resurrection? What about miracles? Uh, do you believe Satan exists? Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the list could just go on. Yeah, because these are these are supernatural things, uh, Gary. These are these are things that we, you know, if I put it in my words, sort of we accept by faith, um, yet." Yet when we read in Genesis 1 that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and he created in six days, uh, we then go, oh, well, no, nah, that, that, you know, science tells us otherwise. Oh, no, it couldn't have been literal. Uh, it's impossible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so then we allow science to, to dictate that for us. And we cannot accept the concept that, you know, God, who is supernatural and has, you know, is all in powerful, words, et cetera. Your, your worldview has um, uh, has dictated uh, your, your worldview, your presuppositions basically um, inform the conclusions you will come to okay. on this particular subject. I, I, I am firmly convinced that uh, uh, the presuppositions, whether you come to uh, to, to this uh, with a, uh, a no God or a God uh, uh, presupposition, the most inconsistent position is to say yes, there is a God. And by the way, it's um, uh, it's uh, Richard Dawkins who makes this point incredibly powerful. And on this particular point, I actually agree with him ah. uh, because Richard Dawkins actually says the most inconsistent uh, Christian position that you can hold is to be a theistic evolution because is logically it does not stack up. Wow, that's uh, incredible coming uh, from someone like him. That's that's a that that that's incredible, Gary. Yeah. Look, um, time is getting away from us. Let let me just uh, remind everyone, um, we've got a great book offer. Gary, th- th- this, is a, this is a great book. Um, it's by Dwight Nelson. Create, it's titled Creation and Evolution, A Thoughtful Look at the Evidence. Oh, I have read uh, an earlier version of this, and I've got it in my library. I've, I've got it actually here. The, the great thing about this, Gary, is it, it's, it's really readable. Yeah. Um, it's it's um, got good content. Um, but it, it, it tackles it in a really balanced, sensitive way. And, um, I highly uh, recommend this, uh, this book, um, Creation and Evolution, a thoughtful look at the evidence. If you'd like to get a copy of this, all you need to do is text the code, which is SA48 to our number here on 04888880811. So that code again is SA48 to our number, which is 04 Triple eight, eight oh eight, double one. We're going to uh, just enjoy a little bit more music. Uh, song called uh, "When um, uh, When God Speaks," and we'll be straight back uh, on Drive Time Big Q and A.
When God Speaks by Braden and Elise Entman, a beautiful song. When God Speaks, a miracle happens. And we're talking here on Faith FM Drive Time about that very fact that in the beginning God spoke and it he, it created. In the beginning God created. What a, what a wonderful verse that, that actually is. Well, it is. And Psalm 33, um, God spoke and it came to be. Mm. And um, Gary, look, um, we are now on the uh, last little section here on Drive Time. And we're looking at the question, could God have created the world? using evolution I mean well he could have but there are some significant implications and that's what you're going to oh, yeah, share yeah, with yeah. us look look and, and to me uh, you know scripture is very clear that he certainly did not create that way he's created yeah. by the word of his mouth yes uh, and uh, he created a short time ago uh, it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't millions of uh, of years ago uh, we've already looked at that uh, the first reason you know they've got to have this your worldview has to be interpreted inconsistently yeah. you know now, yep. if you're going to be a Bible-believing Christian who accepts uh, things such as 
virgin birth, such as the miracles, yes. such as the existence of Satan, such as predictive prophecy, such as the resurrection of Christ, and the fact that Jesus is coming. If you're going to accept uh, all these supernatural events, then what is the problem with accepting that we have a God who can create? Uh, to me, this is actually a package. Yep. Um, you can either uh, accept the package, uh, or I'm afraid you're going to have to get rid of the package and become an atheistic evolutionist. But please don't wow. become a theistic evolution and suggest that God uh, actually somehow fits into this uh, this particular mm. uh, bundle. Now, uh, another reason here, um, in order to uh, maintain uh, a theistic evolutionary perspective, you've got to actually uh, interpret, reinterpret uh, scripture. You must either reject it, modify it, or explain it away. You know, yesterday, I really appreciated, we had Pastor Don Felberg on from uh, Perth yesterday, mm. loved what uh, Don presented, and he looked at exactly what uh, the uh, scripture is saying in the book of Genesis. And one of the things that he pointed out, and correctly so, is uh, uh, is the uh, the Hebrew word for, for day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some would suggest that this is, uh, you know, thousands of years, millions of years perhaps. He pointed out the fallacy in, uh, in this particular, uh, in this this particular belief, um, but the one thing that he pointed out is uh, the the meaning of the Hebrew word for day. He said it can mean uh, a long period of time, except when it's preceded by a number. Yeah. If it's preceded by a number, such as in the beginning, uh, the first day, the second day, the third day, which is exactly what you get in Genesis, it can only mean. A, a literal 24-hour 24 24 period. 24-hour period. That's right. it. Yep. What scripture? You have to reinterpret scripture uh, erroneously in order to bring in a theistic evolutionary viewpoint. Okay. So yep. scripture itself is actually undermined. Now, you know, what comes next to me, uh, frightens me even, even more. And a lot of, a lot of folks I'm really conscious haven't, and when I say this to young people, um, they, they stand back almost in horror, particularly if they are walking with, uh, with Christ. Um, if you accept a theistic evolutionary position, uh, that says that God started the process of evolution and that evolution Evolution is then how God created, then at that point God becomes the God of suffering. Because what it means is that God has created a system whereby the survival of the fittest mm. is what he has promoted. It suggests that God deliberately built a system where humanity must struggle, suffer and die in endless ages throughout the eons. Mm. Now, you know, to me, this is a horrific picture of God. Well, and it goes against so many other statements where it clearly points out that uh, death was not part of God's plan, that you know, he's going to do away with death. And it's, it, again, it, it becomes very contradictory. It does. It does. And, you know, I mean, to have to present a God who is prepared to allow suffering, yeah. uh, it just negates the entire gospel story. It does, yeah. You know, yep. I mean, as I say, you know, I, I know, as Richard Dawkins correctly says, you can be logically an atheistic evolutionist. That's, yes. that's logically acceptable. Or you can be a biblical creationist and believe in a short earth. And he really mocks, you know, those who believe in such things. Yeah. Um, but he says the most, um, incomprehensible position is the position that says, um, God, 
uh, somehow became involved in this process. He says for Christians, it's a contradiction in terms. Trying, trying to combine the two concepts. Yep. Yep. And look, uh, just, just, I'm conscious our time is getting away from us. It, it means something else as well. It means that, uh, death is no longer the result of sin. Yeah. Because if in fact, God created through uh, millions of years, then death is part of the natural cycle of humanity. And what it means is that death is no longer the result of sin. Now, uh, to me, within Scripture, there is one thing that continually comes through. Uh, Sin, um, death came about as a result of sin. Mm. And in particular, through through one man, yeah, through through one man, and yeah. you know, I mean, Paul in in Romans talks about the wages of sin is death. That's right. Um, now, the moment you turn around and you say, "Well, no, uh, God actually created this world through uh, evolutionary development," uh, then what that means is God is allowing death. Death didn't come uh, because of uh, because of sin, but because that's naturally the way that it is. Mm. No, it isn't. No. That's not what the scriptures teach. This is bunkum. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, to me, I get. Uh, I get passionate mm. about this uh, this particular issue uh, because, uh, to me, uh, I am so conscious that many Christians, and particularly a lot of Christian young people who have attended the, the secular university scene, yes. have actually not thought through this particular uh, subject uh, and its implications on uh, on Christian uh, theology. Yeah, they, uh, don't, they don't realise, Gary, that it's not possible that you could have this idea of a, a, a evolutionary concept with God being part of it and yet being uh, faithful to scripture to to take it's take, physically yeah. not possible to yeah. do that you you basically are forced to take a to take a choice you can if you want to be logically coherent then it is quite logical to say there is no god yeah. therefore I adopt a evolutionary position that is uh, logically coherent. It's also logically coherent to say there is a supernatural God, and I believe in a supernatural God, and he created this world. Yes. He can do miracles. Yeah. The virgin birth exists. There is such a thing as predictive prophecy. That is also... But to turn around and to say, hey, you know, there is a loving God out there who has created suffering is actually a contradiction in terms. Yeah, really incompatible. I I really encourage people to say, please uh, come to understand where your particular church is on this uh, this subject. Mm. Um, This is really key to the entire gospel message. And finally, and I'm conscious we do have to finish, you know, to me what this is actually doing is um, uh, misrepresenting the entire salvation story. You know, what is the point of the Saviour coming into a world to Mm. deal with sin and pain and suffering and heartache and disease and death if, in fact, sin and pain and suffering and heartache and disease and death are a naturally occurring and expected event? What's the point of it? That's right. Um, we have got a saviour who came to deal with those things. That's the thing I love about the Word of God. Yes. Uh, you know, it is creation is not a difficult belief once you've come to see that there is a supernatural God. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Gary. Look, that's been really, really helpful, really important. As we've looked at 
the, 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 the serious implication of trying to have, hold this view that God could have, you, could have created the world, uh, using, using evolution. It is incompatible and actually totally ultimately undermines the, the very, Central message of the Bible and the whole plan of mm. plan of salvation. Mm. Um, look, let, let's just pr- pray for a moment, Gary, as we finish our time so, together, yeah. shall we? Dear God, we want to thank you uh, that you are our great God, our Creator. You are all powerful, and uh, we thank you for the words of the Bible, which make it clear that in the beginning you did create. You spoke, and it came to be. And um, we thank you that we have come from the hands of a loving Creator. That you had an original, uh, great purpose and plan for humanity. And through the the good news of the gospel story, you are going to recreate that uh, in us, in our lives, and ultimately when when you come again with a new heaven and a new earth. We want to thank you for that and uh, help us, Lord, to to want to be uh, true to the to the words of Scripture, to the Bible, to take it seriously as it states. Is my prayer for e- each person listening today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, friends, our time is up for today here on, on Drive Time. Thank you for joining myself, Joseph Matichich, and Gary Hodgkin. Uh, I invite you to join us tomorrow when Hugh Heenan will be joined by Ricardo Sheffer to look at the question, what do the Gospels say about biblical creation? I hope you can tune in then. But in the meantime, please remember that Christ said these words, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you.